What we've got here is failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! Have you ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hank Show. Indeed it is. Indeed it is. Hello, live and on tape from lovely Whitehall Drive here in the beautiful city of Kinston, North Carolina. It is Monday, March the 6th in the year of our Lord 2023. This is episode 815 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, why they'll be joining me at the end of the first hour today for the birthday game. Man, we've got another great show for you, and uh, that is not hyperbolic. Uh, here in our first hour, we're going to be joined uh, in just a few minutes here by our regular Monday guest and the knower of all things NASCAR, Carolina Hurricanes, NHL, uh, you name it. The guy is one of the smartest guys I know. It's Paul Whittington. He's going to get us caught up on yesterday's big race in Las Vegas. What in the heck Chase Elliott is thinking? I, I can't wait to pick his brain about that. The uh, Red Hot Hurricanes and much, much more. Uh, but let me tell you, I love Paul. He's our... Uh, I, I'm not going to say he's our best guest because I love all our guests, but I mean, he's pretty damn good. Let me tell you, but, uh, our second hour, man, it's going to be a real treat, uh, with the ACC men's basketball tournament set to begin tomorrow in Greensboro. We're going to be joined by the preeminent ACC sports expert in David Glenn of chapelboro.com, ACC sports journal, you name it. If you're the David Glenn show, I'm telling you, if you are a, an ACC basketball fan or ACC sports fan, you know who the heck uh, David Glenn is. I, I don't even have to introduce him to you. You know who he is. He's going to be joining us in our second hour. And then uh, who's going to be helping me interview the great DG? Why? It's the sales executive to the stars at WRNS and 960 The Bull. Our good friend Jason Bryant is going to be right here in our plush well-lit studio on Whitehall Drive. So I'm telling you, let's go ahead and uh, jump into this bad boy. Uh, as mentioned above, uh, the ACC men's basketball tournament field is set. And how about this for some good news for you? We'll be bringing you the show live from Greensboro on uh, Friday or on Thursday and Friday. Uh, I'm going to go up for the Wednesday night game. I'm going to be covering it. Uh, and I uh, hear in, uh, well, like I said, we'll be live, uh, actually. Okay. And the answer is a full disclosure because I am ethical. Unlike some people in this field, I will tell you where the heck I'm going to be. I'm actually going to be in my hotel room in Burlington Thursday uh, morning and Friday mornings. We do the show live and, uh, we have our great guests, uh, from all over the spectrum, but, uh, I won't be in Greensboro proper, although I will have you tons of sound from Wednesday night's games. Uh, but let me tell you, uh, the first round, let's go ahead and give you this quick schedule for the ACC, uh, basketball tournament in case you haven't heard yet. It starts tomorrow, 12 seeded Florida state against 13 seeded Georgia tech. That is the two o'clock game. They play all three games just back to back to back the four thirty game approximate approximate start will be Boston college the 10 seed taking on uh, Louisville, the 15 seed. That's the four thirty game. Then the late game of the night will be Virginia Tech, the 11th seed, taking on the 14-seeded Notre Dame Fighting Irish. 
That's the 7 o'clock game uh, tomorrow night. And then the second round of the tournament is on Wednesday. Uh, that's the day I'll be there. But I'm not getting there till the night because the day games are – the noon game is Syracuse against Wake Forest, 8 versus 9. And then Pitt, the 5 seed, taking on the, the 12 or 13 uh, Florida State Georgia Tech. Now, this, these are the games I'm interested in, uh, the late games on uh, – on Wednesday, Carolina, the seventh seed, will take on the winner of Boston College and Louisville. And then NC State, Greg Clemens' NC State Wolfpack will take on the winner of Virginia Tech and Notre Dame. That's the late game on uh, Wednesday. And I'll be there for uh, both those late games. And then I'll be there pretty much all day, uh, Thursday and Friday. Uh, Miami and Duke play the early games. Uh, Virginia and Clemson play the late games. It could be a Virginia-Carolina game of Thursday night, dude, that would just be awesome. And then it could be Clemson probably taking on NC State uh, Thursday night too. So those are going to be some just uh, great games. And the semifinals are Friday. The championship game is Saturday at 8.30. So, uh, again, I'll be there all week, or not all week. I'm getting there uh, Wednesday. I'll be there for the Wednesday night games all day Thursday, Friday. Haven't decided if uh, – here's my deal. If Virginia makes it to the championship, I'll be there Saturday. Or if Carolina makes it to the championship, I'll be there Saturday. Uh, we're going to just play it by ear. I haven't uh, I haven't decided yet my, my Saturday plan yet, but I can tell you for sure I'll be there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday because uh, I just – Ah, uh, man, I can't wait to have David Glenn on and have Jason Bryant here in the studio with me and to just get all our picks and all our thoughts and everything because I think that's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, uh, how about uh, New Orleans uh, on Friday? They lost 108-99 to at Golden State. Brandon started. He had 17 points, five rebounds, four assists, and one steal in 38 minutes. Let me tell you something. The Pelicans have a busy week starting tonight. They play four games in six days. Uh, they play Sacramento uh, at Sacramento on NBA TV. That's a 10 o'clock game tonight. Then they're home versus Reggie in Dallas Wednesday at 730. How about that? I'll have to watch that game from the ACC tournament because Reggie uh, versus Brandon, that's going to be awesome. 730 on ESPN. Saturday, the Pelicans are home versus OKC, and then they're Sunday, they're home versus Portland. How about Reggie and the Mavericks? Uh, they were on national TV yesterday on ABC on Brian North's uh, WCTI ABC 12. They lost at home, though, against Phoenix, 130 to 126. That was a heck of a game yesterday. Reggie started. He had 10 points, three assists, and two steals, and he played a team high, 39 minutes. He played more than Luka. He played more than Kyrie and uh, and had a very good game yesterday. Uh, they are home versus Utah tomorrow, again, on Wednesday. That's going to be a great night. Is Brandon versus Reggie at 730. Uh, that's going to be in New Orleans. It's going to be on ESPN. And then they play Saturday at Memphis. So there you go. There's Reggie and your Reggie and Brandon update. How about LCC basketball, man? Just heartbreaking. They played so great uh, here at the very end of the season, but lost in the semifinals to uh, to Pitt Community College. They beat Bryant and Stratton in the Region 10 tournament Friday, 76 to 67. They played Pitt Community College in the semifinals Saturday. They fought hard, but they lost 90 to 79. Let me tell you something. An incredible <laughs> Mr. Clemens. Yeah, I'll probably be there Saturday because I got to see, you know, Turquavian and uh, NC State. We'll play that by ear. We'll play that by ear. But uh, listen, back to LCC. Congratulations, Coach Brown and the Lancers as they wrapped up the season in a very good fashion as they won six of their last 10 games. 
very competitive, played uh, <laughs> played all season uh, with only five or six players up until the last, uh, until second semester. You saw how good that team was in second semester. Uh, I hope, uh, hope uh, Chris Brown uh, and uh, the Lancers are going to be ready for next year. I hope, uh, anyway, we'll just leave it at that. I, I really hope that uh, Chris Brown is back for next year because uh, he's got something good going there. The baseball team over at LCC, they lost both ends of Saturday's doubleheader in Bolivia at Brunswick Community College. They lost 2 to nothing in 8-6, but they bounced back here yesterday in Kenston, 6-5. to They're off until Saturday. They were supposed to have a, a doubleheader tomorrow, but it was canceled. So they are now off until Saturday when they'll host Southeastern Community College in a Saturday doubleheader. That'll begin at noon, and then they play in Whiteville versus uh uh, Southeastern Community College on Sunday at noon. Uh, Don Trez and Carolina's getting to our hometown heroes real quick. We'll knock these out. Uh, again, they play in, uh, they lost to Duke on Saturday, 62 to 57. Trez played seven minutes, had a spectacular block shot, played some really good defense in his seven minutes. He was on the floor. Uh, the Tar Heels, seventh seeded. Uh, they are, uh, everybody you talk to, everybody you see there on the outside of the NCAA tournament looking in. Uh, they play uh, Wednesday at 7 against either Boston College or Louisville. They win that. By God, they'll play Virginia on Thursday. Yes, sir. Wahoo, wah. Uh, we got you an update now for uh, uh, Jeremy Dixon, Isaac Parson of the CIAA champion Winston-Salem State. They will open the NCAA Division II tournament at Indiana University of Pennsylvania Saturday at 5. And you can watch that game live at IUPathletics.com. Uh, IUP is the number one seed uh, in the whole, or the number one uh, seed in the whole tournament, uh, Winston Salem State is the eight seed. They already played once this year. If you remember, we talked about that earlier this year when IUP won sixty-seven to fifty. Damian Dunn and Temple they lost eighty-three to eighty-two to Tulane on Sunday. Uh, Double D finished with twenty-one points. He had five rebounds, two assists, uh, two steals. He played the whole forty minutes. They opened the AAC tournament as a fifth seed and play Cincinnati Friday at three. That game will be on ESPN, too. Tell you what, we'll catch you up with everybody else in our hometown heroes. Uh, did want to tell you, uh, on Friday, and these scores are from from Max Preps, uh, North Lenore. I actually got this from uh, encmoments.com. They beat Green Central 8-1. to Use a six-run fourth inning to stay perfect. They are 3-0. Green Central falls to 1-2. and uh, Parrot Academy won in Bellhaven, uh, the baseball team did. Uh, nine to one. They are still perfect at three and zero. South North lost uh, and fell to one and two. And let me just go ahead and tell you that uh, if you want to see the schedule, I'm not going to go through all these. Like I said, we're uh, here for a good time, not a long time. And if you want to see the schedule of complete games in a very readable uh, fashion, then you need to go to uh, encmoments.com because uh, Junior Smith III has it, uh, as he always does, this week's schedule, and there are a ton of games taking place this week in prep sports. But, as we've said a couple of times here in the early moments of today's show, we got a ton of stuff to get to. So, on the line with me right now is uh, the leader of the uh, Chase Elliott Fan Club, or the president of the Chase Elliott Fan Club, who uh, i got to imagine is... uh, Hasn't slept well over the last couple of nights. It's our good friend, our our NASCAR expert, our NHL, our Carolina Hurricanes expert. It's the great Paul Whittington joining us this morning here on the Brian Hanks Show. Dude, before we get into yesterday's race, before we get into what you had for breakfast this morning, uh, oh, shoot, I got to play your walk-up song too, dude. Uh, Hold on, let's get this going here. Let's see. This is... uh 
It's the great Paul Whittington joining us this morning here on the Brian Hanks Show. How are you doing, young man? The walk-up music is supposed to happen before. (laughs) But I'm doing great. I'm actually uh, en route for Whitehall Drive as we speak. What? Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, I got some business in Kinston this morning, so I uh, I am on 70, barreling your way. Dude, you could if you'd have got here a little earlier, you could. You know, I actually a got got started a little bit later than I wanted to, but b I thought you were already in Greensboro. Oh, no, dude, this, I'm not going to get there until Wednesday. I, there's no need for me to go yeah. tomorrow. Yeah, there are no games tomorrow that I'm interested in or my listeners are interested in, so I'm not getting there till Wednesday, dude. That, that's fair. I just based on our text message conversation yesterday, <laughs> I thought you were already there. Well, well, first off, I love you know because everybody's got their walk ups now. Uh, tell me about this. This is Freight Train by Aaron Watson. Why do you like this song? Uh, just it's a it's a great country song. Uh, Aaron Watson's not one of the not one of the household names, uh, but he's uh, he actually tried out for a recording deal with uh, a group out of Nashville. They shut him down, told him he didn't have the commercial appeal. Uh, and then he goes on to just perform on his own, and he walks, and, and he's uh, he's out playing one night, and this guy walks up to him, and he said, and the guy looks at him and is like, hey, man, I think you should sign with us. You, you've got this commercial appeal that we're looking for. And it was the same guy who had, like, a few years before told him he didn't have the commercial appeal and told what? him to kick rocks. <laughs> he told him to kick rocks, and, and now he just he kind of does his own thing. He's got his own record label or whatever it is, and uh, he's uh, he's not one of the household names, but but he's a great boy. I love it. Here we go. Let's give let's give people a couple of seconds of this. I like it, dude. Actually, you know me. I'm not a big country guy, but uh, dude, that's got it's got a nice rhythm, and you can dance to it. It does. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Dude, I just love you. I got to tell everybody, you know, because, you know, you're a Monday guest, of course. Rich is our Tuesday. Junius on Wednesday. Shane Albee on Thursday. Panicelli on Friday. And you talk about just eclectic music amongst you five guys. <laughs> you with Aaron Watson. How about Richard Clark? Debbie Gibson. Only in my dreams. Uh, Junius, Can't Stop, Won't Stop, King Combs and Kodak Black, a Cat Scratch Fever with Shane Alvey on Thursdays, and then Panicelli with some Lenny Kravitz. So, I mean, you talk about going all over the spectrum of music. Not only do I have great first-hour guests, I mean, I think all five of you have good music selections, dude. I love it. I love it. That is that is a very wide-ranging uh, <laughs> choice of music. It definitely is. But Paul Whittington joining us this morning here on the Brian Hank show. And I mean, no tongue in cheek, no anything. I got to ask, I'm going to use a bad word here as I ask you this, but what in the hell is going on with Chase Elliott, dude, for folks that maybe have to, may not be, you know, the NASCAR connoisseur that you are an expert that you are that maybe tuned in in the race yesterday and they're like, wait a minute, who is driving the number nine car? I know it says Elliott on the front of it, but that's not Chase Elliott. Just explain to everybody what in the wide, wide world of sports happened to Chase Elliott last week, dude. Yeah, so uh, you, you kind of think about Thursday and Friday as being a NASCAR driver's actual weekend. Um, whether or not it should be, I guess, can be debated by somebody uh, with that actually has a little bit more financial stake in what these drivers do in their own time. But uh, Chase Elliott was out snowboarding in Colorado, uh, had an accident. He is an experienced snowboarder a very experienced snowboarder and uh, had some sort of fall or something and actually fractured his 
tibia in his left leg. Oh my um, God. Had to go for surgery and uh, was, was, was under the needle for about three hours, but was released from the hospital, was released from the hospital on Saturday, returned back home to Charlotte, or he's actually home is Georgia, but he was in Charlotte. Actually watching the race on the couch with Rick Hendrick on Sunday, um, and he is out of the race car for an undisclosed amount of time. Josh Berry, uh, one of the kind of Hendrick call-up drivers that actually runs for junior motorsports in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, filled in on Sunday in the Pennzoil 400. Uh, I believe he finished 29th in the event, uh, but Chase Elliott out for uh, what I believe will probably be all of March, maybe part of April, and the kind of tracks that we're going to maybe also dictate some of that. But uh, we'll, we'll have a more permanent driver named later today, uh, one name being rumored out there. I don't know how true it is, but Jimmy Johnson. Could we see him return to Hendrick Motorsports for a What? We'll, we'll, we'll find out later today. Oh, M-G. Sorry, it didn't oh, I, sound I like a 14-year-old girl it. there, but <laughs> was that? No, I, dude, I had not heard that. Of course, my ears, not, and I was at ECU all day yesterday, so my ears not to the ground as much as yours is, obviously, but dude, Jimmy Johnson in the 20, or in the nine, that would just be amazing. It would, it would be really cool. Um, I, I would venture to guess he's probably one of the more long shot drivers that could fill in, uh, more immediately. I see someone like a Justin Allgaier being a fit. Um, I see someone like a, like a Trevor Bain, uh, being also being a fit. Uh, you want somebody that's got a little bit of experience with the next gen race car, uh, Josh Berry, his first time behind the wheel of the next-gen race car was for qualifying on on Saturday. And, you know, Jimmy Johnson ha- doesn't have a lot of experience in a next-gen race car, but he did run the Daytona 500. He did get to practice and qualify a next-gen race car for the Daytona 500. Um, and he can also drive anything he gets behind the wheel of. Like I said, I think that's more of a long-shot scenario, but anything's possible. Uh, dude, that is amazing. Well, let's go back to Chase Elliott for a moment. I mean, dude, I don't know. You don't want this to ever happen at any point in the season, but if it's got to happen, I guess early in the year is the best time for it to happen. And I mean, obviously he'll be back, but I mean, this goes without saying, I know you're going to go duh when I say this, but obviously no chance for a championship for him now this season. Absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> I, I think you're, I think you're dead wrong about that. Uh, what? So a couple of things, a couple of things here. First of all, the the championship rules are, or NASCAR's rules are, you have to run every race in order to be eligible for the playoffs. That being said, uh, for extenuating circumstances, drivers can be be given a waiver to to continue to compete in the championship as long as they win a race and finish inside the top thirty. That is the, or actually now with the new rules, you don't have to finish inside the top 30. You just have to win a race. So if Chase Elliott is given a waiver and goes out there and wins a race before the playoffs, he is 100% playoff eligible. He has to get the waiver first. And in this era of, of waivers for these sort of things, NASCAR has never not granted somebody a waiver. Granted, most of the incidents involve drivers having on-track issues. But there have been some off-the-track issues that lay precedent for NASCAR to give Chase Elliott a waiver. There's also a business consideration. I don't like talking about this aspect of it, but this is the sport's most popular driver. And all the races right now, 
in the playoffs, tickets are on sale for him. And if if you're going to say he's not eligible for the playoffs today, then you're probably going to see a dip in tickets. So I'm sure that plays a, plays a role into it as well. That being said, Brian, you go back to 2015. Kyle Busch was running the the opening race for the NASCAR Xfinity Series there at the Daytona International Speedway the day before the Daytona 500. And safer barrier like in all racetracks around the circuit, except for one little spot uh, inside the inside the inside retaining wall. And Kyle Busch plowed into that thing. It was a concrete wall at about 200 miles per hour and broke his leg. Completely fractured his leg, was out of the race car for about 10 weeks. Once he was finally back, he started winning a lot of races and went on to win the championship. So it is certainly possible for Chase Elliott to come back from this and win a championship. Dude, I don't know, man. You talk about, and I hate to be this guy, and yes, I'm about to be that guy, dude. Mm-mm. So if Jimmy Johnson is in, let's say Jimmy Johnson, you know, who's come back this year, he's only running a, a, a limited ske- schedule. Let's say he goes on a three race winning streak, not for Hendrick, but in that, uh, the legacy, uh, race car that he's in, he would be, he would be in the championship race then. No. Um, th- and this is where it gets a little confusing. Yeah. Jimmy Johnson ran. I'm very, Daytona, I'm very but- confused, dude. Jimmy Johnson ran Daytona, but but didn't run Auto Club, didn't run Las Vegas, um, and it's because like he declared at the beginning of the season he would be a part time driver, not eligible for for the playoffs. If Jimmy Johnson wanted to complete compete for the playoffs, he would have needed to win the Daytona 500 and then come out and said, "Okay, I'm declaring myself uh, running for the Cup championship." It's the same way that if an Xfinity Series driver. Let's walk that back. Let's say Josh Berry had won the race yesterday driving that number nine car. Josh Berry would not have been playoff eligible in the Cup Series because he has already declared himself that he's competing for an Xfinity Series championship. And you can't declare that you're competing for an Xfinity Series championship and then also compete for a Cup Series championship. They don't let you compete for multiple championships across the different levels. For Jimmy Johnson, he would have had to have declared himself as competing for the championship by winning the Daytona 500. Because he didn't win the Daytona 500, he remained a part-time driver, so he is not eligible for the championship. I'm so confused. I mean, that, you know, I'm not confused. You, you explained it really well, but let me... Okay, so, but again, let's use my scenario of, you know, with him running this limited schedule, he wins three races. I mean, Jimmy Johnson's got the talent to do it. Let's say he wins yeah. three races this season. It, it, heck, let's go crazy and say he, he pulls a Harry Gant and rolls off four in a row. So he would not be eligible for the championship, even though maybe he could end up at the end of the season with more races won than anybody else in this season. So a couple of things would have, have to happen. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, he would, yeah, sure. If he wins four races in a row and Jimmy Johnson wants to go to NASCAR and say, hey, can you grant me an, uh, a waiver eligibility for the races that I missed? Um, NASCAR could say yes, but then Jimmy Johnson would also have to go out and find a full-time ride. Now, he does have, a is he is a part owner of the legacy motor club sure he can put a race car together but he's got to have sponsorship and right now he doesn't have sponsorship lined up for a full season so it would it would be next to impossible for jimmy johnson to to win four races and then and then go to nascar and say hey i want to run for the championship 
bold. because there's so many other things that would have to fall into place. And I can appreciate that. But let's say, uh, you know, uh, billionaire Paul Whittington, you know, who is the biggest Jimmy Johnson fan out there, says, you know what, I am so inspired by what you've done this year, Jimmy Johnson, that I am going to, uh, I'm going to put my face on the hood of your car for, uh, you know, for the, you know, for the, whatever car races that you need to do to be in the championship race. Let's get you that waiver. Okay. In that scenario, could that, could it happen? Yeah, sure. If somebody's willing to bankroll them, then, then yeah, absolutely. Well, I think you didn't hear me clearly. I said specifically uh, billionaire, Paul Whittington. Oh, don't don't have the fun. <laughs> so no, not not possible. But if anybody wants to put my face on the hood of a race car, I'm all about it. <laughs> there you go. <clears throat> Let's speak that into existence. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Here's what, dude. I, I'm trying, Paul. You know more than anybody. You know, and Scott knows. I, I'm trying to love NASCAR, dude. I'm trying to fall back in love with it the way I was in my teenage years and maybe even early twenties, dude. I, I swear I am. But Paul, it's stuff like this that makes me, I mean, it's like they bend the damn rules. I mean, if this had happened to Joey Logano, would they have done it for Joey? The same thing. If they, if Danny Hamlin had done this, would they have done it for Danny Hamlin? Or is this just a Chevy thing, dude? No, no, it has no, it has nothing to do with manufacturer. It has nothing to to do with driver. This is, this has happened before. It has happened across. It has happened to drivers of the NASCAR cup series. Now, it was an on-track incident last year, but it happened with Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch, you know, got the concussion. NASCAR, he immediately applied for a waiver, and NASCAR granted the waiver. Um, and there have been off-track incidents as well where drivers have applied for a waiver, and NASCAR has granted them. So there, there is precedent for all of this stuff. It's not NASCAR bending the rules. NASCAR came out with this rule that basically said you had to run all the races, uh, if a driver who is declared for the Cup Series races, Cup Series championship, cannot run all the races, then they they have to uh, request a waiver from from NASCAR, and NASCAR will will, will rule accordingly. And so far, NASCAR just has never denied any waivers because they've been legit reasons. It's not just like, oh, I missed my flight, so I'm not going to be at the race this weekend. It's for very specific reasons. Wow. Okay. Well, dude, if, I mean, if this is, if there's precedent and it's happened before, I'm good with it. Just, you know, dude, you know, dude, who's your favorite conspiracy theorist, dude, come on. You. <laughs> yes. And especially when it comes to that bow tie, man, I just, I, I, it, but if they've done it before, then dude, it is what it is. And Hey, Godspeed. So, uh, just, we've talked way too much about Chase Elliott and this whole situation here, but just, uh, so realistically, I know you said a little bit earlier, but I'm gonna put you back on the stand again here. Uh, how long do you think Chase is going to be out before he's back fully healthy behind the wheel of that nine car? Well, I, I think we're not gonna we're not gonna see him at Phoenix, and and I I would severely doubt we see him in Atlanta. But after Atlanta, things get a little tricky because we go to a road course, and then we start going to short tracks. We go to Coda out there in Austin, Texas. Then we go to Richmond, then the Bristol Dirt, and then Martinsville, and then we're at Talladega at the end of April. So with all those races coming up, you have to think about the injury. The injury was to the left tibia, and you know. I only use my right leg to drive, but these, I drive an automatic. These race cars are manual transmissions. You got a little bit, use that left foot and Chase Elliott uses his left foot to break. So when you think about you, you go, you're going to Phoenix, you're going to Atlanta. We know he's out for those races. And then you start to look at a road course and three short tracks, one of which is on dirt. 
you're going to have to use that left leg a lot. So you have to take that into consideration. He'll start physical therapy later today. Um, and so we'll, we'll maybe by the time we get to Phoenix, get a more realistic timeline, but it's all going to depend. I think we'll see him back in April, but it's all going to depend on how he feels behind the wheel of a race car. Um, because at tracks where you have to break a lot, that's, that's going to play a factor. Well, I got to figure your heart it hurt bad enough. I know you're the, you're the biggest chase fan, chase Elliott fan that I know. But then when you see how it was Hendrick one, two, three yesterday in Vegas, that had to yeah. exacerbate your, your pain a little bit, didn't it? Uh, a little bit, but there's also been races where Hendrick's been one, two, three, and then chase Elliott's been like 30th. So I'm a little bit used to it, but at the same time, yeah, it was, it was a little painful because he probably would have been fast yesterday. Well, dude, you had me all fired up. I mean, you were on uh, last week's show and you told us, and it, dude, it's not your fault. I'm not blaming you, of course, but you were like, man, Vegas is a Ford track. In fact, you picked, I want everybody to hear who you picked to win yesterday's race. And we're not doing our contest. I just, I, I'm so bad at it. And I have, I, I'm so time stretched. Maybe we'll try to start it two or three weeks from now or whatever. But my point being, you're like, man, Vegas is a Ford track. Ford's going to be at the top. Dude, the top Ford was in sixth place. The The driver you picked, I'm going to let you share that with everybody. But uh, what happened to the Ford yesterday in Vegas? Just uh, that, that Chevy power was a little bit too strong. Um, the, the Fords actually ran <laughs> fairly well. Um, there, were, there were a lot of drivers I was surprised by. I thought, you know, Penske fired off really well. I thought, you know, Stuart Haas had some fast race cars. People got caught up in incidents, and um, we had a lot of green flag runs yesterday. I think if you look at the um, at the uh, at the short runs that we had, Ford's actually fired off really well. But we we didn't have any any cautions through stage one or stage two, and I think there were only two cautions there in in the final stage. So we had a lot of really long green flag runs and that did not bode well to the Ford setup. So well, tell, it tell, was, tell it everybody who you Chevrolet. picked, tell everybody who oh, you that's picked right. to I, win. I, I picked Joey Logano going into <laughs> yesterday. He had won three of the last eight races, including the fall race there at, at Las Vegas motor speedway. That's what punched his ticket to the, uh, to the championship board and ultimately to a championship. So, uh, he seemed like a safe pick, uh, looked, looked pretty good qualified on the pole. Um, but got caught up in an incident with Brad Keselowski and still finishing dead last. Dead last, thirty-sixth place, and that hurt. Okay, you talking about your heart hurting? That hurt my heart yesterday. Uh, that that's what happened. It didn't hurt mine. That made up. That made up for the Chase Elliott thing because I go out there and I pick Joey Logano and he finishes dead last. And, and it doesn't even count because we're not doing our contest. We, we but we need to. I need right. to get in a NASCAR fantasy, man. You need to start a NASCAR fantasy. Yeah thing and uh i bet you jason bryant would play in and i know i would you know scott would so hell there's your four players right there dude yeah we we could do it it's not too late uh you can we can still start one but uh, not yeah, we just, not we you you yeah yeah well we could yeah i could start it you could play in it you just have to promise that <laughs> That you'll uh, dedicate five seconds a week just to take the driver. <laughs> Dude, you start it, I'm in it. And like I said, we'll get Jason in it, Scott in it. We'll get some listeners. I bet Mr. Clemens would play in it. I mean, dude, we could, we yeah. could get us ten people in it, dude. Yeah, I don't, I don't see why not. I don't see why not. I love it. I love it. Okay, uh, real quick, let's look at uh, this coming race, uh, the Phoenix Raceway. Yeah. It is this Sunday. 
Uh, it's going to be on Fox. It's going to be back on MRN. Uh, who who you got? Uh, who who should be strong this weekend in Phoenix? These, these are tough. Um, this is this is a racetrack we run our championship race at. So this is this is an important race. Uh, it it's an it's a big race for Chase Elliott to miss, and it's it's a big race for the drivers that will be competing. Um, I I look for those Hendrick cars to be fast again. Um, I, I also, I continue to like Ryan Blaney. I think I'm going to continue picking him until he finally goes back to victory lane. So I think that 12 car will be fast. I think, uh, the Hendrick Chevys will also be fast. Well, very good. Uh, well, like I said, uh, we, we got to cut you a little bit short this week. We're here for a good time. Not a long time. Just hurricanes, man. Six, nothing win yesterday. Oh my God. Waving at me. Hey. In the <laughs> Linda, come here. He is here at my my dude. Come on in. Come on in. Okay, I'll be right there. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll continue talking while I walk. Though. There you go. Uh, very rarely has a guest like appeared in my window here and waved at me. That was uh, that was pretty interesting. <laughs> But, uh, okay, it was very different, but, uh, <laughs> dude, the hurricanes, man, they're just, uh, continuing to play well, six, nothing victory yesterday. That, that was crazy. Uh, and listen, am I surprised that they won six, nothing? Absolutely not. Because we know that this team has the, uh, has the capability of doing so. Am I surprised that they beat Andre Vasilevsky and the, uh, <laughs> The Tampa Bay Lightning six nothing. Absolutely, I am because you know that team not far removed from back to back Stanley Cup championships. Hey, just pause for a second. It cut your cut your phone off. I'm getting back here. Back here. <laughs> back here. <laughs> okay, you can hear him. Uh, there you go, dude. Paul Whittington, this has never happened before in the history of the Brian Hanks show. I love it. I feel like I'm late to work. <laughs> this is awesome, dude. But the Hurricanes, again, they win yesterday. They've got 90 points. No way they're catching Boston. But, dude, I don't think anybody's going to catch them here in the in the regular season. Anybody else? They're going to be the second-best team, unfortunately, in the Eastern Conference. Yep. But they're the second-best team in the entire NHL right now, Paul. Yeah, I, I still, I still don't want to completely rule out the New Jersey Devils because you know they're they're still on the heels. I think we had we had thought that maybe there would be some regression from from the New Jersey Devils. It hasn't happened yet. They're still only two points back. Uh, the Canes have do have that game in hand, uh, and the Rangers really loaded up at the trade deadline. Yeah. Carolina did get uh, Shane Ghost, Ghost, Ghost just bare. Ghost, Ghost, yeah, we're not going to try that, but but he's already been super productive for the for the Canes. Actually, scored a uh, a great goal yesterday. Dude, this is bizarre. I wish I had, <laughs> what a great surprise, man. Uh, I tell you what, let's play the bar. Can you stay for the second hour? I, I do have an eight o'clock call. Um, okay, I can. Well, you can yeah. come back. We're going to have David Glenn. Okay, is our big interview in the state. That's the reason why, and I love you. You know, I love yeah. you dearly. But dude, David Glenn talking <laughs> ACC tournament. Yeah, that's what we have. It and, is uh, tournament time. Yeah, and Jason Bryant will be coming in too. But besides, I want to fuss at you for you moving. You used to have the perfect place where you <laughs> used to live. That was just right there on forty. It was forty minutes away from Greensboro. Yeah. Now you moved to Garner. You what? You're an hour and a half away from uh, <laughs> something like that. Something yeah. like that. Well, listen, let's play the birthday game, uh, and we'll end the first hour after that. Then we'll have uh, Jason Bryant. We'll have uh, Dave, the great David Glenn is going to be joining us and uh, Paul Whittington, too. I, I can probably uh, 
join you. I don't have an 8.30, so I can probably join you for like the last 15 minutes of the show. Dude, I love it. I love it. Let's play the birthday game. We'll come back and wrap up the first hour right after that. It's Monday, March the 6th. The year of reward is 2023, John Dawson. Yes. Is there a question in there? <laughs> I kind of froze there for a, a, a blank stare. I did. <laughs> he walked Disney. Wow. Oh, he froze good. up. Oh. Because his head's been frozen. Oh, okay. Now I get it. Ted Williams, too, right? Didn't Ted Williams do that? I think they just did it to him because he was a jerk. Yeah, I've been watching the baseball. So re-watching, uh, what's his name? Did Ken, the Burns. Ken Burns. Ken Burns, man. The awesome Ken Burns baseball series. And they did a whole probably 20 minutes on uh, Ted Williams. I mean, understandably, he's one of the greatest baseball players of all time. Mm-hmm. He even admits that, or, you know, when he was alive. He seemed to be proud his, of being a jerk. He did. Yeah, he was very proud of being a, a jerk. Heck of a fighter pilot, too, yeah. as I've heard. Yeah, he was. Uh, and that's what I loved, man. Back in World War II, all the, uh, all, all the baseball players, they knew that it was their duty. They didn't have to be drafted. They went and volunteered to be in the United States. And now States. they throw a hissy fit if they don't get an extra. Oh, never mind. Yeah, I know. I know. But I don't know. I just I, I thought that was really neat. But, uh, but yeah, he admitted he was a jerk. And uh, it all came because uh, Joe, he and Joe DiMaggio came up at the same time. And everybody loved, you know, Joe and Joe or whatever his name was, whatever his nickname was. And nobody really liked Ted. And he was kind of scruffy. He played in anyway. Detroit. Where did he play? He played in Boston. Boston. But he played in Boston. You got to know those people cheering for him in Boston were fans of his, and he wouldn't even go out and tip his hat as it lasted bat. I mean, it was- dude, he didn't tip his bat at art. Tip his bat. <laughs> he didn't tip his hat at all. He did it his first home run, then he never did after that because he heard booze. Somehow in his head, he heard booze for some reason. I think he drank too much booze. How about no, that? I don't think no. I was being a smart. Oh, okay, you, but yeah, that's one of the things he didn't. He ate. He was one of the first athletes to eat right mm-hmm. and not drink alcohol because he thought it would mess up his Maybe vision. Maybe he should have had a hamburger. Maybe would have been a nicer person. He might have been. But uh, hey, how was your weekend, John Dawson? It was great, Brian. I worked the entire time. <laughs> you know what I did too. But you know what? If you love what you're doing, it's not work, is it, John Dawson? Not in my experience, Brian. <laughs> uh, I called eight games in three days. I, I haven't hope. seen eight games in the last eight years. Four baseball, four softball. I over. made it through about five minutes of a Carolina basketball game a few days ago. What would you think about that Duke Carolina game over there, Dizzle? Everybody got what they deserve, Brian. <laughs> what about you, Massey? Rooting for the media, Brian. Rooting for the media. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's more depressing now. It used to be John, hands down. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, John was the most depressing I wish one. a meteor would hit and take out Carolina's starting five so the bench could play for a few minutes. That's what I wish. How do you like that? There, there, there you go. How about like a really small one just takes out the coach? Well, you know, I, I was a defender last year. Before they started winning last year, I wrote a column defending him. I now retract that. Wow. You need to like reprint it or republish it, yes. and then say and this has been re- positive things. Exactly, this has been this column has been retracted. Love John Dawson. It's just like you were talking about World War II. You had kids in foxholes shooting each other, you know, teenagers, and now you're saying, "Well, these kids are they're playing like kids. They're old enough to oh get out of town. I can't take it." <laughs> oh, what about you, Jonathan Massey? How was your weekend? It was great, Brian. I, uh, <clears throat> I went down to the Noose River and tried to do some scuba got, uh, scuba diving with just a pair of cinder blocks on my feet. <laughs> uh, ropes came loose, though. Um, otherwise, I told it was a you good to weekend. use chains, man. That's a rookie mistake. That is a rookie chains. mistake. Chains. How do you know? 
Somebody told me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's how I found out too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's the ticket. There you mm-hmm. go. Yeah. Seriously, what'd you do this weekend? You know, Brian, I I caught up on some rest. I hung out with the family. I uh I changed my diet a little bit this weekend. So uh, just uh, fiberglass insulation and drain cleaner. Speaking of what you were talking about, the river a few minutes ago, it, we've all watched the Sopranos. How far to the Sopranos have you watched? I've, I haven't watched any more recently because we, you know, with the process of moving and everything, we just haven't. I was so to addicted it. to it, I, I would have had to have dug up the anyway. You've, have you gotten it to the point where AJ does what you said with the cinder blocks in the pool yet? No. I was just going to say, was anyone else rooting for the cinder blocks? I was. That's got to be the most hated character in TV history. I tell you what, him, I would let let that that to be a fun little thing for us to bait. Him would definitely be one. When I rewatched The Sopranos and a friend I play music with, we both, if we rewatch it, we fast forward through his scenes. We hate him that much. Wow. And in real life, he's kind of that way. Tony's mother. Well, but she was almost comical in some ways. Mm-hmm. She was the mayor of Los Angeles in, uh, in uh, oh gosh. She played Fraser Crane's mom on Cheers. She did, but she was the mayor of Los Angeles in the Naked Gun movies. That's right. She was also Lou You were Grant. the one who told me that. She was Lou Grant's secretary on the, the Mary Tyler Moore spinoff. Wow. Uh, other hated characters, dude, Walter White's wife in uh, Breaking, Breaking Bad. Bad. I could not stand her. You watched Breaking Bad, right? Did you like her? I couldn't stand her. He was just trying to provide for his family, and she, I The don't. only scene I liked with her in it was when he yelled at her for thinking that he was going to get taken out. I am the one who knocks. Exactly. <laughs> Ooh, that was pretty good, dude. That was very good. But, uh, yeah, have we talked about – we've not talked about Goeco yet, have we? No, we have not. Wait, yeah. can I do that scene real quick? His yeah, go little, ahead. His little monologue, can you can you bleep out one thing? Sure. Some poor bitters have opens the door and gets shot, and you think that of me? Of me? I am not having my door knocked on. I am the one who knocks. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, there you go. And we're going to Hiroshima and Nagasaki. <laughs> God. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go well, eco. Go, go yeah. eco. Well, I want you to put that much passion into your go eco reading. Well, okay? unlike Walter White's pathetic wife or uh, AJ Soprano, Chuck Passlake is one of the most loved people in the world, and his company equally is loved. They're they're slinging out office automation equipment at a rate that is unprecedented. And if you want to be on the receiving end of that, you need to give Jock a call. What is that number? It's 252. 252. I need you to put a little more into it. 252. 252. 286. 286. 53. 53. 54. 54. Now put your pants back on. <laughs> okay, there you go. What's his website? Goeco.com or what is Goeco.com? There you go. Hey, I've got a couple musical hints here, y'all. As oh, we, there uh, goes the passion. There goes. Now you're gonna like this. She was born Pauline Matthews, but we know her mostly for this 1976 duet with Elton John on this Kiki song. Kiki D. Let's sing this. I'll, I'll be Kiki D. You be Elton John. I'm not ready? doing that. I'm not Elton John. I couldn't if I tried. Oh, honey, I can't remember it works. Baby, you're not that kind. How bad is that? I know Kiki D's part better. <laughs> well, you have been raised by Brian. 
That's true. Hey! <laughs> you take the weight out of me. Only when you knock on my door. Oh, I gave him my key. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. <laughs> Come on, John. Nobody knows it. Come on, John. This your part. I don't know the words to this. You really don't know the words to this. I know the melody, but I don't remember the words. This is one of my favorite karaoke songs. I'm not a major pop consumer. Somehow sorry. that does not surprise me. And I'll do the Kiki D part. I don't mind. I'll do either That's Elton John. That's not a shock to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do either Elton John or Kiki D. That's okay? not a shock to anybody. The the Elton John movie with uh, Taron Egerton. Rocket Man. Yeah. It wasn't bad. I didn't see it. Have you seen it? The best thing I've seen lately is The Offer. It's about the making of uh, how they made uh, The Godfather. Incredibly addictive. I started on a Friday, and by Sunday, I'd watch the whole season. How long? How many? How Ten. many hours? Ten hours? Wow! Oh, I didn't. We didn't even talk about this last week. I can't believe it. Did I tell you guys that Linda and I went and saw Cocaine Bear? Yes. So good. Funny enough, that was my nickname in high school. <laughs> Dude, so good. And it's exactly. I, I told Linda as we were walking in with our popcorn. In the seventies, that's what Elton John was looking for. But seriously, everybody, it is. If you got to turn your brain off, okay. Ray Liotta's in it. It was one of his last movies mm-hmm. he ever made. It Which was, is kind of sad. yeah. No, it was such a good movie. I'm not joking. Uh, Carrie Russell's in it. You know, Florence from, Olivier's in it. No, he's dead. Uh, it was. It was good. I, if you turn off your brain and you just have fun, there are movies where you just want to do that. You know, and that's what this was it was stupid it was unrealistic but cocaine bear if you guys will go see it with me i will i will pay for your ticket to go see it john dawson will you go i'll watch heat with you like we talked about the other day i'll bring i'll bring the uh, popcorn and the whole bit okay can the kids come watch it probably Are you not. drunk <laughs> i don't know i've never seen heat see an r-rated crime movie by michael mann can the it's kids got watch? it's got de niro and pacino in it I don't know that kids should ever watch a movie with either of them in it. I'm not that familiar. I, I guess I knew it was like it's a gangster movie, right? So no. Uh, no. Uh, one of them's a bank robber or something like that. He's in crime, and the other one's a cop. Yeah. Okay, which is which? Pacino's the good guy. Okay. Like, a lot of gray area on that movie. I, well, you've I seen it? Really. You've seen it? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I haven't seen it. I'd love to see it. It's one of Bill Simmons' favorite movies. In fact, I think it is his favorite movie of all time. They yeah. do this rewatchables, and he's done uh, three times. He's done he's done uh, uh, Heat. He did it the first time. Then they did it a second time, mm-hmm. and they called it the reheat, you know, <laughs> rewatchables. And then they did the re-reheat. Uh, he loves that movie so much. They've yeah. actually broke it down three different times. I usually so. watch it about once a year. That, that it's that it- good. Heat and Manhunter are two Michael Mann movies I'll watch at least once a year. Just love them so much. Wow. I don't think of any movie I really try to watch once Pulp a year. Fiction. I, mean, I, I don't I don't set a schedule. It's just every once in a while I get, it's on the shelf, and I say, you know what? I'm going to put that on while I'm doing something. Apocalypse Now, same thing. Yeah. Saving Private Ryan for me. That's Independence Day for me. Mm-hmm. I love Independence Day, man. I could watch that. And I, you can pick it up at any point. You can pick it up two minutes into it. You can pick it up with five minutes left in it, and it's great every time to me. I love Independence Day. Uh, have we get, We've not guessed Kiki D yet. No. Uh, Jonathan Massey, how old today is Kiki D? 
74. You say 74. What do you say over there, Dizzle? 73. <sighs> if only. Uh, you went the wrong way. Sorry there, dude. Uh, she was born Pauline Matthews, but she was born March the 6th, 1947. So she's 76 today. Well, good for her. <laughs> so, Jonathan Massey, you take a one to nothing lead. And uh, I tell you what, that just that leads us to our next band. Oh, I can imagine you played this. Uh, dude, it's my favorite song of all time. And that's above any U2 song. Yeah, you're right. The, the Who song that I like. Dude, Comfortably Numb is freaking awesome. He's a member of this band. I don't know exactly what part he plays in it. Who? The David Gilmore. He wasn't a founder of the band. Yes. Well, he came in after year one because Sid Barrett went. But he, he was on everything but the first album. Wait, what? I just did it. You heard no, me. No, I want to hear it I'm again. I'm not doing was... it again. Um, if I could boo, do it over. Boo, 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 boo. I can't do it. Do it. <laughs> oh, my God. We got to get that cut apart as just a separate thing so I can just hit a button and play that whenever I want to. Anyway, back to your question. David Gilmore. They were kind of a crazy psychedelic band, and he came in and a lot of musicality and kind of smoothed it out and made them very musical. In fact, you like him more than you do uh, Roger Waters, Roger right? Waters is, uh, has an inflated sense of self. This song you're listening to was a demo written by David Gilmore. The music and the melody was David Gilmore's. So, Dude, this song. That's David Gilmore singing right now. This song. Yes, great song. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Easily in my top five, if not my number one favorite song of all time, dude. How did, how did you identify with these lyrics? I identify with these lyrics very strongly. Hey, it just he's talking about when he was a kid and just the way I interpret it. It may not even be the correct interpretation of it, but but he's looking back at his childhood and how it was. He wants to have good memories of his childhood, but he doesn't have good memories of his childhood. And he wants to look back and it be all sunshiny and happy, but uh, it's not. So he instead... He decides to become comfortably numb when he starts thinking about his childhood. That, John Dawson, is how I interpret it. And I'm probably completely 100% off. But you know what? It's what it means to me, dude. Sorry. I mean, it really does. He had a fever and they shot him up with something and he got numb. Okay. But the thing that gets me about the song is the melody and the guitar solo at the uh, climactic ending. This is awesome. You know this song, don't you? And the, the live version of this is um, makes this sound like a pancake. Wow! The live, I'll, I'll bring a DVD over and I'd love to. I love melt this. your face. Oh, yes, this I do. What am I talking about? I love this part right here. That's Mr. Gilmore. Is that Roger Waters screaming there, or is that Gilmore screaming? Not sure. Okay. God, I love this song. Okay, uh, Pink Floyd, David Gilmore. Hey, it's your guess. How old today is David Gilmore of Pink Floyd? Seventy-six. You say seventy-six. How old do you say over there, Jonathan Massey? That was going to be my guess too. For a very specific because I, reason. Because Kiki D is 76 today. Oh. Yeah. 75. Ah, 
you went the wrong direction. David Gilmore, the great David Gilmore, was born March 6, 1946. So he's 77 today. So, hey, John was only a year off. you got to give him a little bit of credit there, okay? I give him nothing. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. Thank he's you. got a new album coming out. I could not be happier about that. You'll David. get nothing. <laughs> I gave you one of his recent albums. I'm sure you've listened. You to gave it. him nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were at my house, and it was playing, and you said, hey, I like that. I did, and it's it's in there. It's in my. It's been played here because I listened to it here. That's right. <laughs> So really, that's about him getting a shot. That's and it. Made him... No, it's not. Yes, it is. When he was a kid, he got a shot. Then the other part is about them giving him a shot to get because he felt sick, and they gave him a shot so he could go on stage. That's why I don't understand how people get so tangled up in the words to this. This Are is you? why you like the song right here. You can turn this up. There's your payoff, pal. There you go. So I'm dumb because no. I have my own turn. No. It's almost like Green Roses, which, by the way, asked Jonathan Massey was played at the Freedom Classic two of the three games at the Freedom Classic uh, weekend ago. Our girliest song. Imagine that. Were there, <laughs> were there, any, were there any other uh, Third and Ever songs played? I don't know. I played Green Roses twice. <laughs> and I only know about it because I really couldn't hear the music. While well, I, I played the- it, what, on Friday, and then when I played it again on Saturday, I sent you a message that said, hey, I'm getting ready to I play it. I did see the message, but yeah. I was in a dugout, and, you know, just. Okay. So, God, this is beautiful. This is pretty. These lyrics could be about pie crusts and this solos. <laughs> you know. Now I Wait need a you- minute. Pie crusts? Now I'm I need saying. you to write a song about pie crusts. I can do it, pal. I know you can, dude. Okay. Uh, so, you got that? So, it's one to one. No more music today, guys. Uh, I'm sorry, okay? Speaking of, you can sam- if you want to do something for, with Third and Never, you can sample my B.I. if you want to. That would just could you that put in. that into a, to a song? <laughs> I, I could. <laughs> Why would he? But that would be so awesome. Sadly, though. the mix is locked in. Oh, okay. Well, next album. That, that's, that's, that smells like a side project. <laughs> <laughs> just a random B.I. in the middle of a song. I'll put Echo on it out for 10 minutes. B.I. So. <laughs> Okay, it's one-to-one. God, I didn't want to cut that off, but I guess I better. Hey, uh, Jonathan Massey goes to you as tied one-to-one. He's known simply as Shaq. It's Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal. you said he was known simply as Shaq. What am I supposed to call him? Go ahead. Do your teeth. Thank you. I can't do that for some reason. I don't know why. Okay, Shaquille O'Neal. Today is his birthday. Uh, How old is uh, Shaq Daddy? Um, I see. I want to say he was drafted in like the uh, in like ninety three, ninety four, but I could be wrong about that. Uh, yeah. Let's say he was drafted in ninety three. He would have been roughly twenty one at that point. <laughs> Wake up, John! <laughs> John had dozed off over here. Fifty one. You. Sh- Whatever his process, he does it right. He was born March 6, 1972. 
He is indeed 51 years old today. Congratulations. Good job there, uh, Mizzle. I appreciate you giving me credit, Brian. There you go. You're up two to one. And go. Uh, we've got two dead people here to end the show, and you're going to love this one, uh, John Dawson. He was Johnny Carson's sidekick from 1962 to 1992. He also made a lot of people happy with the American Family Publishers. It's Ed McMahon. Ed McMahon. He died in 2009. Every time I see him, I think about Phil Hartman. God rest his soul. Phil Hartman did Ed McMahon on yeah. SNL. Yeah. But Ed McMahon was almost a caricature of himself. Well, I mean, it worked though. They were yeah. they were a great combo because you know Johnny was supposed to be the you know the the witty banter guy, and Ed was supposed to be a bit of a lummox, and he played into it well. He did very well. It was they always made fun of Ed's drinking. <laughs> he and but Johnny Carson is the one that had pr- trouble with the bottle. But there was one episode of the Tonight Show where McMahon was drunk during the show, and Car. Could just you tell? Yeah, when they did the the documentary, it's called King of Late Night. It's a PBS thing on Carson. Yeah. Fantastic documentary. And they said, we're going to bring out Joan Embry. And and Ed's like, don't say. Well, they got, and Johnny had to try to calm him down. He said, you need a little nappy poo or something like that. (laughs) You know. That's awesome. Uh, But uh, he died in 2009, John Dawson. How old would Ed McMahon be if he were still alive today? He died when? And, no, no, no. In 2009. Ninety, 94. <laughs> what was that? It sounded like you did a little remix there. 90. Ever, ever. You said how old? 94. You say 94. How old would he be, Jonathan Massey, if he were still alive today? You know who Ed McMahon is. Yeah. Well enough. 95. He was born March 16th in the year of our Lord, 1923. He would be 100 years old today. Ohio, indeed. And congratulations, Jonathan. Yes. Massey. You've already clinched the day. Three to one. We'll still do this last one. You are definitely mm-hmm. going to need your calculators for this. So oh, go ahead and geez. pull them out. He was born Michelangelo Di Lodovico Buenonorte Rita Simone, but we know him simply as Italian sculptor, painter, architect, and poet. Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> you want to guess? And, oh, you forgot he's also a Ninja Turtle. That's <laughs> right. Michelangelo. Today is his birthday. He died in 1564. In 1564. So how old, Jonathan Massey, you get to go first. How old would Michelangelo be if he were still alive today, which would be a miracle in and of itself? <laughs> 521. You say 521. What about you, Dizzle? 523. You say 523. He was born March 6, 1564, which means he would be 549 years old if he were still alive today. So congratulations, uh, John Dawson. You get it? Not that it matters because John Jonathan Massey had already wrapped up the day, but uh, congratulations on the, the victory nonetheless, okay? Congratulating me on his victory? Yeah, you're right. Uh, Congratulations, Jonathan Massey. (laughs) Thank you, Brian. And thank you, John, for pointing that out. There you go. Hey, uh, a semi-local birthday here. Clay Whittington's boo, uh, Stephanie Morrell. They live now in Arizona. I didn't know where that was going when it started. (laughs) But uh, they've been together for a while now. She is, I think she's going for her doctorate at Arizona State University. And uh, he's uh, a musician in a church. He leads a church's uh, music program. And is, uh, and like I said, they've been out there for a little while. Linda and I are going to try to go out and see him sometime this year. So, uh, happy birthday, Stephanie Morrell. Happy birthday, Michelangelo. Anything you would like to say to Michelangelo? 
Uh, nice job on the ceiling, dog. <laughs> there you go, indeed. Uh, have a great birthday. If your birthday is today, we'll see you tomorrow on the birthday game presented by Goico Office Automation. And again, I want to thank Jacques Passelet and Goico Office Automation. Man, what a fast-moving first hour. Birthday game. Paul Whittington, who is here in my home right now. Jason Bryant sitting across from me right now. Say hello, Jason. Hello, Jason. <laughs> there you go. That wraps up the first hour of today's show. I am geeked out. I know you are too, Jason. Absolutely. David Glenn joining us in the second hour of the Brian Hanks Show this morning on the uh, the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College on 960 The Bull, 960thebull.com.